Grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in our text for today, we're talking about contentment. Now, perhaps for, for you and I in our particular day and age, contentment has begun to have so, some negative connotations. Maybe you're sitting out there and you're saying, I, I don't want to be content, you know. I want to be like Rocky from the movies. I want to get up and go one more round. I want to have my chance facing the Russian for the championship of the world. Uh, why should I want to be content? Well, friends, in our, our translations, sometimes maybe the, the words outgrow their usefulness. We have to maybe go back to the original and say, you know, what exactly was the apostle you know, talking about? About what was he? Was he really saying? Well, you know, I, I want to just coast, you know, along. Well, no, that 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 wasn't it, was it? And so, what the apostle is really talking about is that we would be able to have a joy in our journey. That we would be able to wake up in the morning and and feel okay about things. That we would have that sense of well-being when we're going through our everyday life. Those are, are the things that the apostle is really trying to gather together. And then in our translation, you know, it says, I have learned to be content. But that's what he means. I have learned to, to feel a, a sense of well-being. As I go about my life, I have learned to have a, a, a sense of joy in, in my journey. See, no matter what's going on uh, around me, right, that's what he said. I have learned to feel decent, you know, not, not feeling yucky about things. I am doing okay inside of here. Because the Lord is with me. Because the Holy Spirit is present in my life. Now, the, the Apostle Paul, you know, he went through many and various trials, didn't he? I mean, we, we could maybe well imagine it, it might be difficult for one of the most famous orators in history to have to mend fishing nets in order to make ends meet so he could continue his ministry, right? You know, it, we could maybe, you know, within ourselves, you know, say, you know, that there is, you know, supposedly maybe a, you know, a Billy Graham, right, well, working in a, a cannery, right, in order that, that he can, you know, somehow go out and do ministry, we'd say, well, how can he stand that? Now, as great as Billy Graham was in my hypothetical situation, right? You know, we can say, well, you know, how can he stand going through that? Well, that's what the Apostle Paul had to do. See? As great as Paul was, he had to mend fishing nets. As great as he was, he, he had to repair tents. You know, well, well, where is Paul? What great ministry is he doing? Well, you know, he's down at the tent repair shop. 
you know, making a little extra money so he could go to the next place. Right? This is the fellow speaking to us here today. He, and he says, you know, I have learned to be content in any circumstance. I have learned how to be abased and how to abound. I've learned how to be happy mending fishing nets and to be happy preaching to 6,000 people over in St. Paul on Sunday morning. I have learned how to do it, he said. Right? Now, it may would be nice for me as a pastor if I could just come up on Sunday morning and say, hey, you know, if, if you all would shape up, no, if you would shape up, everything would be going perfect for you, right? And so the secret is you, you just shape up. And you just do what, you know, God says to do and everything is going to be smooth and wonderful. It's all going to be fine, right? And, and then you could go home and you could really work on that, right? But the Bible comes and says, you know what? In this world, there's going to be trouble. Like the Apostle Paul, he comes to us today and he says, in this world, you might go to prison one day because you didn't deny Christ. In this world, there's going to be tribulation. And in this world, you're going to have to endure difficulties. In this world, just like I did, you might have to work crummy jobs. In this world, just like it, it happened to me, you, know, you, you might go to a new community and, and they say that you're not that good. You're not that bright. You're not that profound as a public speaker. That's what Paul endured in our text for today, didn't he? Right? Yeah, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest orators of history, he goes to the city of Athens and they mock him. They ridicule him. Is that we don't know what he's talking about. He just kind of babbles on. That, that's the reception he got. And so in this world, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be difficulty. But Paul comes and he says, you know what? You need to learn the secret of you know, having well-being inside of you. Right? You need to learn that. There was a time that people threw rocks at him until they thought he was dead. He got up the next morning and the sense of well-being was still there and he continued in his ministry. See, now, now think about that. If you put yourself in that situation, right? people hated you so much they got together a large group of people. They took you outside the edge of town. They all threw rocks at you until they thought that you were dead. It would kind of be hard to get up the next morning, wouldn't it? Like it would be for me. And I, I might even consider changing careers, right? You say, wow, those people hated me so much and look what they did. And, and you know, this has destroyed my life and I, I don't know how I'm going to go on. Uh, you know, maybe it'd be, be better to get that job in the cannery, you know, and go through this anymore. But that's what Paul has been through. And so he comes to us uh, with all of, of that behind the scenes, and he says, you know, I have learned to be content in any circumstance. I have learned how to continue my relationship with the Lord, no matter that I'm weaving a net 
or that I'm preaching to thousands of people. I have contentment. I, I have joy in my journey, so to speak, right? Now, where, where does that come from? Well, on, on the easy side, right, when everything is going our way, when, when things are all lined up and you're just kind of sailing through life, uh, do, you, do you ever sometimes sabotage yourself and, and you kind of wonder, you know, when is the next shoe going to drop? And you're, you're worrying about, you know, where, where's that, you know, that unexpected thing is going to come. And maybe it, it kind of starts to spoil your happiness because you're, you're just worried uh, about unexpected things and it takes away from the joy right, that you could be experiencing. Right? That can happen to us, can't it? Yeah, sometimes. But really what happens more often is that we're struggling to get through the hard parts, aren't we? You're uh, perhaps in a, a situation at, at work and, and you say, you know, Pastor, I really enjoy being here on Sunday morning. And, you know, we, we have a, a beautiful church that we can come to and there's a lot of friendly people here and, you know, people are supportive of one another. We have beautiful stained glass windows and we have wonderful music in our worship service. And I, I love Sunday morning, but you don't know what my Monday morning is like. See, when I walk into the, the work center and there is Phil standing by the water cooler and he knows I don't like foul language, he knows I don't like swearing and so he has to curse and swear a little bit, you know, just to kind of get on my nerves. And you, you don't know what my, my supervisor is like. You, you don't know what the boss is like. They're just unpredictable and they're just kind of a violent temper and, and you know, they, they yell at me and they, they scream at me and they say my work is no good. And, and I, I go through these things and now you're asking me to be content. You're asking me to, to have a sense of, of well-being. You're asking me in any circumstance to be able to have that relationship continue with the Lord. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's what Paul's asking, isn't he? Because he says, you know what? At any given moment, you can go to God in prayer, can't you? At any given moment, you standing by the water cooler, you, you can say you know, within yourself, Lord, you know what just happened? And Lord, you, you know the thoughts that just went through my mind. And, and Lord, can you help me to make it through this day? See? Now, the, the, the Lord, he, he never asks us to, to just not, you know, not, not be honest with him. You know, we, we, we don't have to be so pious in, in our prayers. They, they, you know, you, you go to the, the Lord in prayer Oh, Lord, it is I, your humble servant, and I do proclaim that uh, my boss is a, a, a little bit cranky at times, and therefore, please come with your provision to give me aid. No, you can, you can you know, just be honest with the Lord. You, you go to him in prayer and <laughs> say, Lord, my boss is terrible. 
Lord, my, my, my boss has no clue, you know, how, how to respond to people. I don't even know how he got to be a boss. Now, you're not going to say that out loud, probably, right? Because, you, you know, you want to keep your job. But you can certainly go honestly to the Lord in prayer. You can say, Lord, you son, my boss is a jerk. Okay? I really need some help here. Help me to get through this. Help me make it through today. And the Lord says that he's faithful and just, and he's going to come to your aid, right? He's going to lift you up. He's going to help you to have that sense of well-being inside. So you can make it. Now, again, uh, the Bible says, you know, in this world, we're going to have trouble. Oh, fear not, I have overcome the world. You know, what, what does that mean? It, it probably means when you go to the Lord in prayer, your, your boss isn't suddenly removed and replaced by someone with angelic ability. It probably means that you have to endure right, that, that work center relationship. It probably means that it, it's going to be uh, tough for even a number of years. It means that, you know, you're, you're going to struggle with it. But the Lord has also said he will work things together for our good. Those are our bad things. The Lord can take all the crummy stuff. He can take all the bad stuff. He can take all the hostility. And he can take all the terrible treatment. And he can work that together for our Good, if we will but continue to trust him, to love him, to follow him. But uh, again, I, I know, you know, what, uh, what so often, often happens. Uh, you know, maybe you're like me, you know, just this morning. I, I got in my little orange car, right, to, to run down there to that other church that I serve it in the morning and as I pulled out on the highway and I, I put the, the pedal down to the floor, there was like this weird noise in the back. It, it was like you know someone turned on a, a high speed fan or something. I couldn't figure out what that was. If I just have some kind of leak in my exhaust but I take my foot off the gas and the car's traveling fine. I put my foot back on the gas and there's <laughs> It's out in the back somewhere. I thought, well, this maybe isn't the, the best thing that, that happened. I got about a mile down the road, and the car started to stumble you know, a little bit. It was kind of jerking a little bit. And I was like, oh, man, I better go, go back home while I can and get a different car, right? And fortunately, I, I have a, a couple since I've had so many boys around. Right? And so I, I have another one I can trade it out for. But maybe something like that happens to you, and, and, and you, you got back home, and you, you get in your another car. Well, well now, right, your, your morning's disrupted a little bit, you're running behind schedule a little bit, you're, you're worried about your, your car, and you know, how much money is that going to cost? And so you, you start to, to drive right to work, and your mind maybe is going down a dark track. That's, that's sometimes what happens to us, right? So a couple bad things happen. And then it's very easy for a person to start to think about, you know what, if I had not been, you know, fired eight years ago 
and had to you know, live off my savings for the time until I could get a new job, I would have money in the bank to cover this, right? I would probably have a new car if that hadn't happened. Now, if my boss wasn't such a jerk, right? if, if things had gone better in that situation, if my coworkers had been more understanding, if these bad things hadn't started to happen to me, right? And so then you start to think about all the bad things that have happened in your life over the last 10 years. We get there sometimes, don't we? And then I, I'm not content, and I don't have any joy, and I don't have a sense of well-being, right? My, my mind is, you know, just kind of grinding on, on, on the junk in life. And then you, you get into your job on Sunday or um, Monday morning. You're already in a bad mood, right? There's that guy who likes to put a little burr under your saddle and see what happens. And, you know, you snap at him. You bite his head off. Your boss uh, comes in and is the, the slightest bit critical. And you snap at your boss. And now your, your boss is calling in for a special meeting because we're going to have a performance review because it seems that you don't really have a very good attitude in the work center. You see, things are starting to snowball, aren't they? They're, they're starting to go kind of from, from bad to worse simply because there was maybe a, a little hole in my exhaust pipe this morning. Littlest thing. Uh, it wrecked your whole day. It, it wrecked your week. You end up getting fired from your job. And the Lord comes back and he says, I want you to learn to be you know, content. I want you to learn to have that sense of well-being under any circumstance. So even when you get a little hole in the exhaust of your car, you know, you can say, Lord, I, I don't really know if I needed this right now, but I know you can help me through it. See? That's where faith starts to come in, isn't it? Right, that over the years I have had the experience that God can cause things to work out. That over the years I have had the experience that God really is faithful. Through the years of my life, I really can look back and see where God has touched me and he's supported me and he's lifted me up again. That in any circumstance, I can go to the Lord. In any circumstance, I can feel I'm going to be okay. He's going to take care of me. It's going to be all right. I can have that joy in the journey. Because God is with me. Now again, where, where, where does that really come from, right? It comes from the Lord, doesn't it? Now, our, our biggest problem, our biggest fear really is death. Right? Sometime this life is going to end, right? I, I'm going to go to the, the next world. And what is, is that going to be like? Is, is that going to be okay? And our God sent Jesus to die upon the cross to open the way to heaven for everyone who believes in him. That means when I get to heaven and God looks at me, right? 
He's not just going to say, hey, I remember that time when, you know, your exhaust went out, fella, and you were thinking about bad things. I don't know if you belong here. No, he's going to look at me and he's going to say, do you know my son? He's just going to look over at Jesus. He's going to say, son, do you know that guy? All Jesus has to do is say, yeah, that's one of mine. And God's going to say, come on in. The way is open. Our biggest fear is overcome. We just need to know Jesus. Now, as great as that is, as profound as that is, Jesus does something even more, doesn't he? He sends his Holy Spirit today. God loves me here and now. He didn't just love me 2,000 years ago, so he did me a big favor, and he's maybe going to love me in the future when I get to heaven, but he loves me right now. Because of the Holy Spirit, I have that connection with God. That's maybe really what we're talking about, the bottom line, isn't it? I can feel okay. I can feel a sense of well-being because God is with me. Because God is present. Because I, I have that reminder. God loves me. He loves me so much, he's here right now, isn't he? He loves me so much, he's going to lift me up when I'm having a bad day. He loves me so much, he's going to make things even better when I'm having a great day. He loves me so much, he'll carry me through hard times. How do I know? Because he's did it before. That's where experience comes in, right? That's where our faith comes from. I was pushed back and I was about to fall, but the Lord, he picked me up again and he saw me through. Dear friends, God loves you that much. He loves you so much that he promises that he will work all of the bad things together even for your good. He'll even take the junk in your life and make something beautiful out of it. He'll take the hard times and the trying times and he'll give you a testimony of his faithfulness and his love. God loves you. God has promised you. God will see it through. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.